This is Height. My guest today is Brandon Lackey, an engineer and producer. He runs Mania Music with Dwayne Lawson, and he runs the lineup room. We talk a lot about grinding, and we talk about some of the unromantic aspects of this music business. Spreadsheets, a blog context, passing out flyers, day jobs, etc. We talk about trying and failing and then trying again. And I thought it was a very inspiring conversation. This episode is sponsored by The Lineup Room, a recording and mixing studio located right here in Baltimore, Maryland. Let's go in. I was born in North Carolina and then in sixth grade moved to Maryland in inhabited Greece. When did you like get into music, really? I was 12, so it had to be right before I moved up here. Or actually, it might have been as I moved up here, because when I moved up here, I didn't know anyone. And yeah. around while we were moving, around that time, I discovered my dad's first guitar, which he had like kept and locked away somewhere Yeah, and forgot about. And I found it, and I just started messing with it, and I just started playing it all the time. Did you, like, pick it up pretty fast? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't take lessons. I just taught myself the songs that I wanted to play. I just played with until, like, I met other people that also play guitar, and that's when I started to, like, get better and kind of push myself. Yeah. We had gigs, and I was in bands. Cool. Like, starting around that age or a little I guess little I was, this is, like, early high school. Cool. What kind of bands? Uh, alternative stuff. I really cool, liked cool. Oasis and Weezer Hi. and Nirvana. Writing yeah. original stuff? Uh, yeah, I wrote a lot of original stuff. Cool. Me and, like one of my best friends played the harmonica, so we would do gigs. I set up gigs for us at like restaurants and oh wow, like wherever. And we like we actually opened up for this is this kind of famous group, 4 p.m. that came from Havid Grace. And they came back around like homecoming or something, and we got to open up for them. I was in a band that got to do that, and not then, the four p.m. I'm, not the boy band. Yeah, the yeah. F- the the like they did that song like when it, it these black guys right? You're not talking about like no, def- I'm thinking of white boys. Okay, no, these guys, these guys. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Just they did a song like Sukiyaki or something. I don't know. Okay, can't remember what it was. Because there's there's yeah there's a. A group called 4PM that stands for Four Pale Males. <laughs> no, it's not Four Pale Males. <laughs> that would be wrong. But I remember we were invited afterwards to go to the pizza spot with them. And, like, to me, like, that was, like, oh. Like, I think right then and there was, like, one of the, like, times that I was, like, yeah, this is it. And it, it kept developing. I didn't see myself in in. In the music industry, in a non-technical role, really. And I had, like, tons of other bands. I just, like, not tons, but I was always perpetually working. Like, if I met somebody that, like, was good at music, especially, like, somebody could sing harmonies or whatever, mm-hmm. I would just, like, kind of attach to them and, like, let's, let's do music. And I think I probably um, pushed some people away because I was, like, so, like, let's do this. Let's let's do this, you know? Yeah. And what were you trying to do exactly? Just make it, or I mean, yeah. just like make awesome music and, and and like 
rule the world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was just like I always wanted to make music that would do something, you know? Yeah. And like take me places. But you're doing these bands, you're already kind of like grind oriented. Yeah. And and like where does it go from there? Um I think like I I really wanted to have a band that like we rehearsed like once a week or something like mm-hmm. that to where it's like cuz I knew if we were going to like do anything we had to get better. Yeah. And like I wanted to go to other towns like Bel Air, like just the like Bel Air is like the bigger town next door. Or yeah. And I wanted to do other things, play bigger shows, and like get involved with other music scenes too that were bigger. And I think the problem that I ran into was just that like it was a I didn't have the people skills at the time to like kind of keep a band together. Mm-hmm. B like I didn't want to deal with anything as far as like, yeah the drummer can't make it. All right, well fuck him. <laughs> Like, yeah, man. It just didn't have patience. And it's like, I should have had, if I had patience, I could have probably made something work. But mm. I think I was just like focused on what I wanted. And um, and it just, like, I hated depending on other people to make music. It drove yeah. me insane. And that's what like led me to producing. Oh, really? Yeah. Like my brother, I said I needed to make a drum beat for something that I wanted to play guitar on. My brother said, I have a program that you can make drum beats with. I was like, all right, cool. What is it? It's Fruity Loops 2.5 back in the day. Oh, shit. And I remember the first time I started messing with it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then I found an orchestra sample. It was like, duh, 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 duh. It the was like orchestra the, hit? Yeah, yeah. It was like the most generic, like Mortal Kombat type. Damn. Yeah. yeah, but I made I made a beat. I, st- I have that somewhere, the first beat I ever made. Oh, cool. And, like, I just kept adding to it, kept adding to it. And, like, that's all I did. Like, from the time I got into that, like, my social life suffered. Like, I was always out, but, like, once I f- saw that, all of my time that wasn't, mm. like, spent socializing was doing that, that I wasn't in school or whatever. Because you were rapping for a while, right? I know I started when I really wanted someone to record on my beats and and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. So rather than like force myself into situations where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, help me record you. It's just like, all right, let me figure this out. And yeah. I, I started with like a compact computer. I, was, I think it might have been before the compact computer with a, a computer microphone, like literally tied to like a, entertainment center type shelf situation where I could stand up and rap and that was my first recording setup okay and that went on for a long time not too long once I kind of figured out that I wanted to record it was like this like I really wanted to learn how to do it yeah not as not like I didn't I wasn't as obsessive as I am now Uh but I definitely wanted to learn how to like do it and make it sound decent yeah yeah totally and you started getting other people on there? Yeah, like I had, I met other people just through like friends. Yeah. That rapped, and um, I would record people in my basement. I Mostly think, like Harford County dudes? Oh, yeah, to- exclusively yeah. Harford County That's dudes. Cool. Except for my boy David, who was from Puerto Rico. Okay. And he used to rap in Spanish, That's which cool. I thought was awesome. Yeah. So I liked working with him and just recording people, really. Yeah. It was the fun part. 
Like, I was always desperate to have somebody to, like, teach me something. Yeah. Like, anytime yeah. I met somebody that did recording that was, like, good, mm-hmm. I would just, like, stay, like, as close to them as they would let me be. Mm. That's a good attitude to have, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and like, I still never really found, I found, I finally found a situation way down the line when I met Dwayne with someone that would kind of school me to some stuff. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't on some mixing stuff. It was more just like business and like right, production. Right. But okay. So, and I guess you went to Towson. Yeah. And then, and did you like major in recording? Uh, audio production. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So I was doing like stuff, pretty much prepping me for radio. Oh, I see. Which I see. was at the time still not dying. <laughs> Yeah, and did you kind of you kind of felt like that's what you were going into? Honestly, it was something that like my parents like I, they really wanted me to get a degree degree. Yeah. So I I did, I did community college first. Okay. And then I went to Towson, and and I, my parents really wanted that for me. So like yeah. I I did that, you know, because like I know, like my grandfather had left a little bit of money for me to go to community college. Uh huh. And so I really wanted, you know, to do that. Yeah. Because that's what he wanted for me, you know. And I wanted to just full pursue music, but going to Towson was cool too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like you kind of have to, you kind of, I guess with the radio thing, you had to be like, all right, well, this is close enough. To like, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And, and like, and people around you are always saying, well, it's like, oh, well, if that doesn't work out, you got a plan B. Right, right. Because they're banking on it not working out. That's what yeah. they don't say. But like, that's what it is. And like, it makes enough sense. You know I mean? Not yeah. anyone around you is going to be like, you know what? You should make beats for a living. Throughout Towson and everything, are mm-hmm. you starting to like meet different people from there and from Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do a ton of social. I mean, I did a lot of freaking partying, but I don't. I didn't make a lot of friends at Towson. Mm. I think I was so focused on, like, I have friends. I need to do, like, just do this, get this degree, get out of here, and, like, make music and record. Like, I had a mixer at that time. I was really starting to work on getting my mixes better. I did have a dope-ass recording studio in my uh, dorm room, though. Oh, cool. My roommate was really cool. My first roommate... Didn't have a problem with that. Second roommate was a rapper. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, um, he uh, we had like we put the we had like a walk-in closet, a technically walk-in closet. Yeah. And like we just put the microphone right in there, and it sounded great. And and you're still like bringing in all these different dudes. Yeah, I'm bringing people from home, like yeah. people I meet in Baltimore. Like I I had gotten in a little bit of trouble at Towson. Over some alleged fireworks oh, inside sure. a room that I had nothing to do with, mm. um, and through that I got community service, and I met some guys through that job that rapped. That they didn't go to Towson; they just worked there. Yeah. So I met some guys that rapped through that. Okay. So they would come rap and hang out. I ended up getting like getting a part time job at where I was doing community service because I had so much fun. Where was it? Uh, it was like collecting the recycling around. It was basically like trash duty for the most part. Okay, like at at the college. Or something? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's wild. I had, I thought it was fun. I got this, yeah. I had a good time. So what happens after school exactly? Uh, I got a nine to five. Mm. It sucked. What were you doing? I know my first one was selling used cars at CarMax. 
I was like four years of college, five years of college, and now I'm selling used cars. Which is CarMax? The one in White Marsh. Well, it was an easy job. It was? Yeah. I always tell Kane, if he ever sold cars, he would make so much money. Because mm. I would run into problems that he would not. Yeah. Personnel problems. Yeah, I guess. I just think sometimes you just problems. don't feel like convincing someone to buy a car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. like, do you want a car? You don't know? I, I can't sell you a car if you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, And a lot of people, they want you to like kind of sway the decision subconsciously anyway. Yeah. But you're just like, I, do you like it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it. <laughs> like, I'm not helping at all. But I'm at my quotas. That's what's up. And and you, you're doing this kind of being like still moonlighting with this music. Yeah, I came home and that was my gig. Yeah, and I was doing... I had a studio in my apartment, I think. Me and Caitlin had moved in, moved in together right oh. after school. We met yeah. and then like moved in together six months later. Yeah. But I got an apartment, I had a studio in there, and I was working on like um my buddy Dave from Habity Grace. Um, he he was down to, to work together to work on a project or whatever. So we were doing an E P and I was gonna try we were gonna try to get him a record deal at like a reggaeton or hip-hop record label in Puerto Rico because he had some connections there. Oh, okay. Because he used to rap down there. Yeah. Like, we went to the Puerto Rican Day Parade a couple times to pass out CDs. And yeah. And we went to Puerto Rico, and he went to Puerto Rico and had meetings with, uh, like, the label that signed, like, Tego, who's a big deal. He's in, mm. like, the Fast and Furious movies. And, like, almost got a deal. Mm. He, like, was with Fat Joe and stuff. Like, we were we were really close. Wow, but it just didn't quite pop Didn't off. pan out. Like, they yeah. said, yeah, it's going to happen, and it just never happened. It was yeah. just like, uh. Yeah. But even yeah. then, getting to that point, it was like, it's, this is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Life's not changing? <laughs> so that was, like, my first, like, kind of... I was just... I was doing the production, recording, and mixing, and pretending to do business stuff, because I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah. while, while I was doing that was when I started going to... Actually, that's how I met Market Street Legal through Dave. Okay. He met some other guy, but like he said they're building a studio there. This is when he was moving into his location in Char- on Charles Street uh-huh. by NPR. And I met him and this guy that was trying to rip him off. And I was kind of rolling with the dude that was trying to rip him off. I didn't know. I just met them both at the same time. The other one was like free, like like available to talk to and hang out. Yeah. So I was just like, who wants to, like, how can I be down, you know? Yeah. But what's he, what was he trying to rip him off for? <sighs> he was trying to get the building out from under him and all the equipment that was there. It was an old studio in that building. Oh, okay. And he was just generally crazy. Um, but after I kind of figured out this guy was kind of crazy, I called uh, Mark. And I was like, look, man, I, like, I just met both of you guys. But, like, I feel like he's going to rip you off. Mm. And, like, I don't like what's going down, but, like, this is what's going on, and that's it. And I'd I would, I'd like to come to the studio and watch sometime oh, wow. if I could. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure, come on, anytime. So, like, since the, after, like, from there on, I was there at least once, once or twice a week, mm. as much as possible. Yeah. Like, after work going down there, staying until really late. And, like, I was doing a lot of, like, drinking, but I was, like, watching. And I was right, like right. asking tons of questions, and with with Mark, like he's not going to sit you down and like teach you because he's working, you know. What yeah. I mean? But what I did learn is kind of the flow of a studio, like how he does it. Like 
when a client comes in, what happens, you know, mm. like all that stuff. So I, I learned a lot. And yeah. he, <laughs> I was a little crazy at that point. It was like my, I thought, probably thought my beats were the greatest in the world. But I was still cool. I don't, I don't, I was probably too cocky though. Mm. But like he kind of, he never bursted my bubble. <laughs> and it probably needed to be burst at one point. Um, but he was, he was always patient with me and like mm. schooled me. And what, like, what kind of stuff would he be doing? Like, people would be coming in, like, um, Ab, Abrock was one guy, like, uh, PX, mm. those guys, um, just a ton of rappers. Yeah. Mad, like, and that's how I got into the scene, like, that's how I met a lot of people. And the funny thing is, like, he knew I wanted to have a studio, I wanted to do what he did, and, like, even then, he, ne- he, like, he so easily could have been like, no, nah, I'm not showing you this, this stuff because you want to do what I do and you can take my business, you know? Right, right. And, like, I never I never tried to steal his business on that type of stuff ever. Of I, w- course I would not. try to, like, yeah. s- sell beats there or whatever. Yeah. But I just thought it was really cool for him to, like... Oh, of course. And he yeah. was like, oh, he's still there for me. If I call him, he'll still be there. Yeah. You know? And he, he was just available. Like, that was what I needed was, like, somebody to just ask questions. Yeah. But it wasn't... I kind of dreamed of having somebody to kind of sit me down and show me mixing and all that stuff, you know. I think, right? It, but it's just I didn't go to Sheffield, so that wasn't gonna happen. And then, but like it really with mixing, just like anything else, it's really technical. It's like it involves a whole lot of independent research. Yeah, like a ton and a ton of trial and error. Do you, you know? It's it's interesting. Like, I don't think I had heard of Street Legal before you told me about them. Right, and it's interesting, like. It kind of sounds like that. That's where like every everybody was going, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I, it's him and um, architects are usually like the ones that people mention the most. Where's architects? On right by it's in Lauraville. Okay, right by the chop shop. You know that little the barbershop. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. It's right that's next. Crazy. To it. Yeah. But okay, so how did so was from there? Were you like my next move is? I wanted to have my own studio, but yeah. like that was like. I think my plan was, like, to make it as a producer. Okay. Like, that was really the plan. And then I I got, after selling, I got tired of doing the part-time thing and then and trying to do studio time. It just failed. Yeah. That was the first time I tried it. <laughs> and then. Oh, wait. So you tried you tried working part-time and running a studio part-time? Yeah, I kind of run okay. it out of my apartment. Okay. Okay. And, like, I didn't really make any money. Yeah. But I was paying bills, I guess, technically, with selling cars, so. Yeah. But it was just not stable. So I ended up taking a job as an IT recruiter. Okay. And the cool thing about that job that got me over was, like, I had to do a lot of cold calling, like a lot. Yeah. Um. So I was doing, like, 60, 70 cold calls a day, and I kind of explained to myself what I was about or whatever. But it got me good with talking to people. And then I had to meet and interview people. And these are guys, IT guys that make 200 grand a year. Yeah. And there I am making 30 a grand, meeting them in a coffee shop, interviewing them. You know? Yeah. But that, like, I learned so much off of that. Like, how, like, with just talking to people. Hmm. What did you learn? It just, it got me, it showed me that, like, I'm good at, like, kind of making people comfortable and shooting the shit with people. Hmm. And I didn't think that was a valuable thing, but I think it, I definitely see it as a value now. Yeah, it's so valuable. I think it's like being able to have small talk 
totally is 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 a good thing so okay so where do you go from the it recruiter hustle um while i was doing that I found on Craigslist this place that was renting out a spot for $400 a month. Mm-hmm. No, it was like 350 Oh, shit. Yeah. For like a spot inside a warehouse. And it was like 20 by 10. One room. Oh, wow. One room. There was a, it was a restroom inside the warehouse. They kept party supplies there for like clowns, like clown oh. costumes. So you had to, to use a bathroom. You went to this restroom. It looked like a rape dungeon. And you had to walk past, like, these clowns in the dark. Like, it was the most, like, it was so terrifying. Where was it? Uh, it was in Towson, okay. off of um, Cromwell Bridge Road. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I, that was my, I went there, like, talked about renting it, got a spot, and I, I asked Dave if he wanted to go in half, because he, he, he had started doing some photography stuff. I was like, mm. you do photography one half? I do the studio in one half? Boom. And uh, and so that's what we did. We started Veretti Grace. Oh, that's right. And that's that's what it was first. And and the, and how I got that was recording one of my friends in in Havre Grace, and he was really hammered and said Havre Grace wrong. <laughs> and it's like Veretti Grace, and I was like, that's cool. Did that start picking up right away, or how no. did it work? It was long... <laughs> like, well, um, I just w- I made up flyers, and. Went to events mainly at the Five Seasons. Yeah, just like going there as much as I could mm. to like, and I, I like looking back, it was so stupid. I wouldn't even talk to people that much. I would just pass out flyers. Yeah, like I would just like so everybody knew about my logo and all that stuff. Right, right. But they didn't know me at all. It's so much easier just to pass out flyers. Yeah, <laughs> we well, like... yeah it's yeah. I mean, talking to somebody puts you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And I would put ads on Craigslist. Yeah. And yeah. whatever else I could think. I went to shopping malls, passed out flyers. I went, like, to the hood to pass out flyers. Anywhere I thought I could find rappers because I did not want to have a 9 to 5 again. Yeah. And that, I guess, okay, so going into the five seasons at this time, that's, like, your, I guess, is that your first time kind of interfacing with the local scene, like, outside of a studio kind of environment? Um, no, because I went some, to some events with Mark. Okay. And I yeah. would meet people there and like, oh, we got a show here. Come check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to some shows. And before I like lived up near the city, I think when, while I was in community college, I was coming down here for events. Okay. I still have yeah. a flyer for my first show I went to. Oh, cool. It's Brownfish is on it and Ogoon. And oh, my, I think I saw that. Yeah, actually. my best friend was running the... uh the video and the sound for that show through an internship. It was mm. a creative alliance. Oh, cool. And he was running the sound, and I was like, all right, cool. You run the sound there? All right, great. This is what we're going to do. I give him my beat CD while we're setting up, and the rappers look around and stuff, <laughs> play my stuff. They love my beats. Boom. <laughs> like, So I just, I was like, I gave him the signal, and he played it, and I'm just like kind of watching the rappers to see if they start looking around. And finally, Ogun was like, What's this? And he might have been like, "What the fuck is this crap?" You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because I was, I was like, "That's me." <laughs> <laughs> so like, I got his info. I gave him my card. I'd made business cards in my house, and took down his information. And just like, I stayed in touch. I went to a lot of his shows. I always had a lot of respect for him, and he he yeah. always he would always talk to me. Yeah, yeah. And he came to Towson one time. 
I called him and I was like, I had a secret plan. I was like, yo, I'll make beats really dope. I'm gonna start working with him, start working with these guys. And like, but I invited him to Towson and he came to Towson. Like, I was like, oh my God, it's like a Baltimore rapper. Like, yeah. At my dorm. He sort of seemed like, for a long time, like the most ambitious dude. Yeah. Like, like I me. Mean, yeah, they, he scene. definitely had, like, they definitely worked hard. Yeah. Like, they yeah. had a, they, like, I would hear about it. I mean, I was up on it, and I was a white kid from Hartford County, exactly. you know? So exactly. if, if if that's the case. Yeah. Okay, so you're at Five Seasons. You're on the flyer grind. Flyering it up. Not Silently talking. flying. That's right. And, like, Harvey Dent was there, who's, like, a friend of mine now. Okay. Who was a really cool guy. Yeah. Never had a relationship with him. Mm. <laughs> it's just so funny. I don't... I think I met, made a relationship with anybody earlier on that point. Like, I had clients. Yeah. But I wouldn't be friends with them. And it wasn't like a... I was just trying to respect their space, you know? Does the studio start to pick up eventually? It wasn't consistent, but it was not bad. Yeah. I had I had regular clients. Like, I was, I was paying bills, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it was up and down. Yeah. I didn't stick it out long enough, but I stayed there for a while. Okay, so so eventually it's like we're shutting down temporarily. <laughs> well, my what happened is the studio was making all like all the most of the money that came in was through the studio and not from the photography side. Uh huh. So I was like, all right, we need to figure out like a better type of profit sharing situation yeah. because like if I'm here all the time. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense that we split everything, you know? Right, right. So, and we didn't see eye to eye on that. Me and Dave are still friends today. So it was just like a situation we parted business-wise. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, I got to figure out if I can swing this, you know? So I did. I figured out how to do it. Yeah. It was somewhere after then that that I met Dwayne and Kane and all the guys. How did you meet them? I met... Dwayne in a beat battle. Okay. That you were both in? Yeah. Cool. Where? Five seasons. Okay. And Dwayne was not really a... Uh, he had been outside of Baltimore working. Yeah. So he came... When he was here, he was like, all right, let me see if I can do some cool stuff here, you know? Yeah. And a lot... Because people in the industry had told him, like, it's not possible. <laughs> in Baltimore. Okay. Not, not, not yeah. like... Like, his friend... like. His friends that were from Baltimore that, like, they said, like, you're going to have a hard time doing something in Baltimore because the artists aren't, like, some of them don't want to listen or whatever, you know? Right. It's kind of the artist development stuff, I guess. But, yeah, so he, so he he's here not kind of expecting much, I guess, from Right, the, right. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was trying to build something, really, but I know he wanted to try to do something here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he, ends up, he ends up here, mm-hmm. and it's the beat battle. Do you guys go head to head? I think we were probably both early eliminations. Okay. Comp one. Oh shit. Yeah. That's crazy. And um I remember Dwayne's stuff was really like hip hop. Yeah. And like and I thought he was new because I hadn't seen him before. So like I, I approached him on some like take him under my wing type thing. Okay. Little did I know he'd been way further than me ever. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, that's how we met. Right, right. Because I, I knew some people. 
You know what I mean? And he was new. So I was like, I wasn't like, I just kind of like, I feel for people that are new because I've been there. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'm always an outsider, you know? Yeah. Well, not always, but. So we got in contact off of that. I think I gave him my card or whatever. He met Kane. Kane said he wanted to, wanted to go to another studio. Dwayne said, here's this guy. Let's, let's meet up. Okay. So he booked a session with me. Uh, and Kane called me. I think I think Dwayne was going to come hang out or something. Yeah. I don't remember how it was, but Kane called me. Kane wanted to come with Dwayne. And Dwayne was like, I don't know. I just met the guy. I don't think I should, you know. Because Dwayne wanted to get some beats mixed. That's what it was. So, and Kane wanted to come along. He had just met Dwayne. And Dwayne was like, I don't know. I don't really, I can't really do that. So Kane calls me. He's like, hey, what's up, man? It's Kane. We met blah, blah, blah. You mind if I come up with Dwayne? <laughs> Being <laughs> fucking Kane Mayfield. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And I, like, it didn't feel right, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they came up, and Dwayne paid me, like, $30 for, like, an hour or something to sit down and talk. And, like, I think we were... I don't know what it was, but I took the money and I took them out to get pizza. Oh, because we were, we just like started kicking it, and I was like, yeah. I, I like Dwayne a lot, and yeah, and Kane and I really like clicked. Yeah, so yeah. I was, I just kind of, that was my like show of, you know what I mean, affection or whatever. Totally. And and did did Kane um, had he like been doing his thing for a long time or no? Not no. He was still new. Like, okay. people kind of knew him. He was running with a dude, Unreal. Okay. And he he was doing stuff with him, I know that. And Kane was trying to get respect from people, and he wasn't getting it. Mm. I mean, everybody, yeah, he could rap, but he wasn't vicious like he is now. Mm. Like, I remember we were rapping in the parking lot the first time we met. Like, he hit me with, like, it had to be 100 bars or something. Yeah. No, no breaks. Yeah. I was like, dude, like, you ever think about breaking that up into, like, songs? Because <laughs> I'm not, I, like, Kane put me on to all the hip-hop that I love, like, the traditional hip-hop stuff. Yeah. Kane put me on to all that. So at that point, like, I was just in a rap. Yeah. So I didn't want to hear bars, 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 bars. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? I had no, like, appreciation for it, really. And then, okay, so he kind of introduces you to the world of Yeah, later bars. on. Like, him and Dwayne. Yeah. Because I think, like... To work with Dwayne, to work with Kane, I had to be able to produce a totally different kind of music that I was Yeah. Producing. Like, same genre, but very different. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was doing, like, I guess the equivalent of what trap would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, mainstream-type beats. Right, right, right. Before trap, but, yeah. Yep, and at the same time, I was working on clo- on a project with Midas, DDM. Yeah. And Ratman Ron G was a client of mine, too. And he came in in a session with his friends, hella high. And he was like, hey, look, man, look, I know everybody says this when they come here, but, like, I'm nice. Like, I'm really nice. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to show you. And, like, I loved those guys immediately. Like, I would have, I, I, t- I almost did hang out with them one time. And they were younger than me, so it probably would have been weird. But, like, I loved hanging out with those guys. So that's the beginnings of Mania. Yeah, so it was... We got together to have a meeting 
to get everybody. Dwayne was like, let's get everybody together, you know? Yeah. And I can't remember what it was. So like, I don't know. It was going to be. But we got together and we just started meeting to rap for them to rap. And like Dwayne would hop on the drums. I'd play guitar and they would just rap mm. like and we started hanging out every Friday. Just like hanging out, working on stuff. And we said, like, let's do a project or something. Yeah. So, like, it just, we would turn into, like, making music, and and then it quickly, once we decided, like, yo, let's try to do a label, Um, it was, like, we did contracts, and, like, Dwayne really started, like, at first, it was very much democratic. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of did, like, business-wise, it was, like, you know, you just kind of do what you want. Until, like, we realized that Dwayne knew what he was doing and the rest of us didn't. Okay. <laughs> and I quit. Like, I eventually realized, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, like, then we were all like, okay, you lead. Tell us what to do. Yeah. And until we did, like, once we did that is when things really started happening. Oh, yeah. That makes total sense. Like, so everybody had their own, like... We idea had, of how to we hustle had theories and, yeah, yeah we had th- Dwayne had experience like yeah <laughs> so and Dwayne it's funny he can be passive but he's not a passive person at all he's very yeah. aggressive but he can he's really good at like sitting back letting you, him see who you are before he kind of gets invested with you you know what I mean yeah because he wants to know kind of your shortcomings and, and, and strengths and stuff like that which is cool and it kind of feels weird after it's happened <laughs> but like <laughs> um but it, it it he's a really smart guy he's like yeah. the, the smartest str- like he's like with mania it ended up being like it's like he is the strategist um like i am the executor okay like, so but we both do production too together yeah and like with with the thing that works with Mania is that simple thing. Like, he's the strategist, I'm the executor. Mm. Like, so, like, I love being in situations where I have a, miss- a mission where it's like, yo, you know, um, Bun B is at this event. I need you to get in there, get his, con- get his manager's contact info. Mm. And I'm good at that. Mm. So, like, having a mission for me is just like, I have all the excuse I need. Yeah. Wow. To push past my own, like, insecurities. Wow. So, like, we, like, yeah, we figured Dwayne dissected the whole Baltimore scene to figure out like how we can make an impact. And how did you guys do it? At that point, it was all very much a game of waiting in line. Uh huh. So it was like at the scene, that particular scene that we were all a part of, like I guess Ogun was at the top. Okay. Like him and him and like those guys, comp all those guys. Yeah. And then everyone else is just trying to get cool with those guys and do records with those guys. So it was like everybody clamoring up this pyramid. So what we started to do, unbeknownst, is start making our own pyramid. Yeah. Start just being like, nah, we're we're really good. So we're gonna start doing our own shows. Like, yeah, not doing our own shows, but we're gonna get on shows. We're gonna try to get media attention. We're gonna do whatever. Like, Dwayne was sending our stuff everywhere, and he was taking all that rejection for us. Yeah. Like he wasn't telling us how all the no's we were getting. So when things would happen, we'd be like, ah, things keep happening. We're the <laughs> shit. Meanwhile, Dwayne's getting all the, this is garbage. This is garbage. This is shit. This is shit. This is mm. shit. He's taking all the rejection and because he, he wanted us to focus on music. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, and he was working on like training us and like breaking down my enormous ego and like making like helping me understand a that I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. B I wasn't nearly as nice as I thought I was. So I like he put me through. So all all that was happening with Mania. So like to answer your question, like that's that's when things started happening when when yeah. we started like kind of we did like an organized charge. So it was really like kind of everything we could. Yeah. And you'd have to ask him more about details because at that point I was I mean, most of the time with Mania, I'm just executing what he tells me to do. A lot of people think that I plan everything out. Dwayne's the mastermind. I'll be the first person to tell mm. everybody that. Like, everything that I've done with the lineup room, like, me, the lineup room was a conversation that him and I had mm. in A3C in Atlanta. Okay. Before I left, like, yeah. a year or two before I left my job. Yeah. I was like, I think I want to do the mixing thing, but I really want to, like, I want to go, go, go at it that like a educational standpoint and i want to do it to like kind of benefit like you know what i mean the music scene or whatever yeah and so like him and him and i brainstormed off of that and like and his ideas that he's told me about is what i've enacted okay yeah, yeah. and that's like that that's why like lineup room is is like the the name is Dwayne's idea yeah yeah and it's not he's not like that's my thing so right. and Dwayne right. just like kind of I just kind of, through our conversations, that's what I realized with him is, like, he's really, really smart. So if mm. you if you do what he says, like, well, you just do that. And he'll say it in passing. He'll just yeah. be like, oh, I would just do this, this, and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And most people would never pick that up. But, like, once I started seeing that that shit that he says works, like, I start picking up all those nuggets. So, like, I yeah. still, when I talk to him, he's like, you should do this, this, and that. Like, I, I pay attention to that shit. Yeah. Because... He's like with music. He's he's right. He's dead on. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always thought it it was cool. Like that. There's like other guys representing and like kind of spearheading the whole thing that yeah. aren't the rappers. And it, I don't know even know if it's possible anymore. Like that way, like management can be following up after the artist. You know what I mean? But like, right. I, I think that's like. I mean, everybody that's involved with Mania that wanted to continue has 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 gone to success. Yeah. Off of what they learned at Mania. Yeah. You know, I don't know if everyone would admit to that, but I certainly will. You know. Yeah. And I know Kane will too. And it, yeah, I I don't know. I think there's something there's something cool about being like this group of people is this are under this umbrella. Yeah. And it and it's like there's people if you want to do something with them there's people that are like dedicated and ready that aren't like we handle that yeah yeah like distracted yeah MCs i think or something, well i think know? like the thing that we had was ch- a clear chain of t- chain of command yeah which is so something that like it took me a long time to be cool with that because i had to learn to like i had to learn that that's what's effective i wanted yeah. to be i, I thought I wanted to be in charge, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and then I realized I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and then like, then was when I like re- really started to understand the whole like, to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. be a general; you gotta be a soldier. Yeah. And most people that are generals now are also soldiers. You know what I mean? Like, like even even the guys at the top of the rap game surround themselves with people that are smarter than them. You know what I right, mean? Right. Right. So f- for me, I want to win. So I-, I don't care if I'm the lead. Some relationships I have, relationships I have, I'm the lead. 
Some of them not. You know what I mean? Some right. of them just an engineer and I shut up and do my job. You yeah. Know? And I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I don't have to be the same guy in every situation. I like to play my position because I like to be good at whatever job it is you need me to do. Yeah. So, okay. And and I guess does like the studio and mania sort of happen at the same time? Or um. So, yeah. But the studio became... I, I like the amount of recording I was doing ended up being like I can't run a studio and do the label. Uh-huh. So I got a 9 to 5. Okay. And f- and focused on mania. I was also teaching audio at Towson University. Okay. Like part-time. And, yeah, yeah, and I would bring Kane into like guest speak and Midas and all the guys Ron to guest speak and I thought it was really cool they got to have like a part of that and I tried to bring in more people from Baltimore hip hop scene I brought in Shock Pitts okay brought in as many people as I could like that would be down because I wanted to you know them to see that you know yeah I wanted A to them to see Towson but I really wanted the Towson kids to see that we're doing something you know yeah um so I was doing that and then and I was substitute teaching also and oh like, wow in middle schools and elementary schools that's what's up. No, it was not. <laughs> mm. it, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But yeah, so I did that. And I ended up getting a nine to five. I think I did. I did software support. Okay. Um, at a, uh, a UPS, like a side, side shoot company they had. Yeah. That was for smaller companies routing. Uh, like, um, it was like an algorithm for calculating gas mileage and the most direct route and like to save money. Whoa. So you'd have a software that would be in charge of routing your trucks and everything. Yeah. And so I had to learn that and then te- and then like support it, support people. Was it hard at all to go back to like it sucked. Yeah. But I had to, you know, I mean, like and I wanted Kate at the time Caitlin's parents were both sick. Okay. And I know they wanted to have some sort of feeling of stability too. Yeah, yeah. So that was big for that. But I I had that job for six months, and then that was like a temp to perm situation. And then after that, I got a job. Um. At a school in in Baltimore, and I was there for three years. Oh, that's right. That's school. right. Yeah. yeah. It was for kids that are, say, too violent for Baltimore City. That's right. Schools. That's yep. right. And I loved that job. You I did? did. I did. I loved that job. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, okay, you're do you're doing that and doing mania at night, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like traveling too. And 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 what are you doing when you're traveling? Networking. Yeah. Like, I could have been a lot more effective. It was just like, hey, it's passing out flyers and business cards, like, and yeah. not being effective, you know. But the thing is, is like Kane would be super effective. Yeah, and I'd be good at like finding people, and and so like we'd get Kane to where he needed to be, or or whatever. Like, ultimately, I think like Midas wanted to do other stuff. I think Ron wanted to pursue other stuff. So it was me and Kane were the away team. Yeah. So like, it was us going to these events or whatever, and like, and me and Kane really pushed each other to network. Like, I got better after a while, you know. Yeah. But what I wasn't doing is following up with the people. I was good at networking, but I wasn't good at following up and making friends. Right. It wasn't until I started the lineup room that I really started to understand how to do it. Okay. 
which is like making friends. And I'm yeah. I'm really good at making friends. I just in my head it was separate. You know, yeah. it's business. Yeah. This is business for business and and we're gonna talk money and that's different than friends. Like right, it's right. the same shit, but it's yeah. just for some reason in my head. Yeah. And I, I, I always thought that was like a kind of fascinating thing. Like there's you know, the with this music, there's so many different ways to hustle or attempt to yeah. get on or whatever. And it's like, I just thought that was interesting that you guys were like, you know, we have to be in D.C., we have to be in Philly, we have to be in New York, yeah. just on this, you know, like Peter Pan bus or whatever, just going back and forth yeah. to these events and stuff. Yeah. Like, which is like, it's interesting because I always felt like, I guess I always felt like I just have to play these shows in these places. And if you think about it, it's maybe not the most effective way to do it because there it makes just as much sense if you're if you have a certain kind of personality to yeah, roll to like the huge show in Philly and just meet everybody in the yeah, room. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like I think it was just like getting us to the right people you know what i yeah. mean and like and like and the focus for a, for a while was getting on blogs okay and like that was like talking when i'm talking about like missions to hit people or whatever like right while we'd be in events Dwayne would be at home with his family texting us watching twitter and facebook and he'd be saying all right this person is there find them they probably look like this mm. or it'd be a situation like in atlanta i was down there and he's like, you got to find Kevin Nottingham. What's Kevin Nottingham look like? I don't know. So I found, like, he's a white guy. Yeah. That's all we knew. So, like, I spent the entire day tracking down Kevin Nottingham. Yeah. Guy with a white guy with a beard with a baseball cap is what they kept telling me. And I finally tracked him down or whatever. Um, And, and it was like, I don't know if it was off of that we ended up getting on that blog. I think we were on it before. Yeah. Maybe not. What What is his blog? I know uh, the name. Kevin Nottingham. It's oh, okay. Not, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but I know, like at that time, the whole thing was blogs. So, like yeah. South by Southwest, like we like that's what we did. We met bloggers and like yeah, and, and Kane would talk to them and try to get their, their music and like try to get their contact info, stay in touch with them. What I would do is follow up with like emails with our um with our our music. And do you feel did did that work basically as far as yeah. getting oh, on yeah. all these? Yeah, blogs? it took a while, yeah. but yeah, that absolutely worked. Yeah. I mean, me and Dwayne had both had spreadsheets of blogs that we contacted. I probably had like a hundred. He probably had a hundred, and then we were hitting him up like every week, once a week. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like every new thing or something. Yeah, yeah. Just until they posted it, and then we would. I'd mark that one off, and until I had something new to send there, I wouldn't hit, hit him up. Yeah. And then That's after a while, they just kind of they just will see it and post it. Yeah, I always wondered how possible that is to do because I feel like yeah. a lot of people get that idea. Yeah. Just like I'm just gonna personally hit all these blogs and yeah, everything but it. yeah but i feel like it's i don't know maybe when i've tried that the follow-through hasn't been tight enough or something every week for a year and a half yeah yeah <laughs> just do it every week for a year and a half and yeah. you got to change the time of day you do it like you might some people check their email at 3 a.m right try right. randomly at 3 a.m you know yeah and this is all Dwayne's stuff Dwayne schooled me too yeah yeah because yeah i mean i feel like kane definitely made it impact on this blog world oh yeah absolutely it's still still yeah yeah definitely but is that you're saying that's not the focus currently necessarily um i think 
things in the music industry have kind of changed to where like for a while like if you look at it like j cole and especially like kendrick too like were really i don't want to say like a product of the blogs but the blog the blogs really helped in spreading their music you know what i mean yeah and for a while like the blogs were the absolute tastemakers right and i don't think it's that so much anymore i think it's really back to like do you have a fan base i think it's kind of back to that okay uh, like the focus and that, like it's good that we have the the internet impact, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we have to keep building the fan base in a in a, in a certain location. I think would probably be the the move. Right. Right. Now. right. I guess Mania is currently still rolling with Kane yeah. as the as the primary focus. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. We're also managing Greenspan. Oh, of course. Of <laughs> yeah. Course. I can't like so. And that came about, we worked on his album with him. Like, Greenspan came to us, and he had a collection of songs that were really dope. And he said, look, I have these songs. I want I want to wrap this thing up. Yeah. So, Dwayne would, like, ended up kind of A&Ring the project. And we produced uh, a handful of records that are on there. Yeah. Um, to fill it out and kind of fill in holes here and there and kind of make it flow smoothly. It was, I mean, he had great records on there for, to begin with, you know? Um, and so we did the production, uh, finished up the production on that, um, did some transition elements and stuff like that. And then we, like, we re-recorded a lot of the vocals here, mixed and mixed it. And then, and then like, we've been, me and Greenspan have been working together because Dwayne would be at, like not be able to come out or whatever, so we'd be me and Green would be here working together. Yeah. So I think that's where the kind of relationship grew, off of like Greenspan kind of uh, wanting a different management situation. Okay. So and like and I told like the cool thing with management is like it's everything else we were doing with the other artists at Mania, except we're not doing the production for the most part. Yeah. We're not doing all of the production. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because, like, yeah. we get to, like, work on the other stuff too, you know? Yeah, totally. With Kane, we're working on stuff right now, which is really exciting. Awesome. Um, so we'll be doing, like, all the production for that. and It's probably kind of interesting because the Greenspan stuff, it's maybe, like, a different... You're maybe shooting for a different audience or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the funny thing is, like... It's like the opposite of Kane almost. Whereas like with Kane, Kane's music is like, it's for hip hop connoisseurs, I feel. Yeah. So you're not going to get the average layperson. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's a harder sell, but the benefit of that is that Kane is a great salesman, you know? Yeah. So it's like if you, the, the focus is get them in a room with Kane. Right. And they'll right. like Kane. You know what I mean? Right. With Greenspan, it's the opposite. Like you just have to get him, get the music, get them to listen to the music. You sure, know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And because it's so like appealing, you know, it's right, like right. it's like top forty. I hate that term, but yeah. So like it's a it's different. It's funny because like it was hard for us to get a lot of love from DJs initially because like we didn't have like with Kane like you're not gonna bump a lot of his stuff in the club, you know. Uh-huh. But now in working with Greenspan, we get so much love from DJs because they love the music. It's, yeah, it's like I'm so not used to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like they're like, oh yeah, I know that record. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Okay, do you want me to send you? Oh, I got it. I love that album. I listen to it all the time. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. How did you make the switch to like 
it seemed like to me like you made a decision at some point like fuck these day jobs <laughs> forever kind of yeah like did, how did you make the switch to like i'm doing all this and doing this studio as like a career basically it's a little bit more than a year ago but like i planned it for a year yeah like just kind of being able to transition yeah and it was just like getting older. Kaylin wants to have kids. I mean, I I do too. Kaylin's yeah. you know having contractions as we speak, oh, early yeah. labor pains and whatnot. Um, so really, really excited about that. Yeah. But like, I'm getting older, and I knew that if I had a nine to five, like once a, a baby comes, like. I don't think that I'd be able to leave the stability of a nine to five with good conscience. Conscience, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, even though it's fake, anyway, it's on your head. Like, you can be fired at any moment. Like, there is yeah. no stability. But like that the, steady paycheck, like, really is enticing and it's, yeah. it's seductive. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I miss that, of course, but. I I didn't want like I I knew I need if I was gonna do it. That's when it needed to happen. Yeah. Wow. So for most of the first year of the studio, Caitlin's been pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, my God, I have no job. I have, like, a business to starting out. Yeah. What am I going to do? And the answer is everything you fucking can. <laughs> Anything you think of to to make it work. It's yeah. like, And it's so easy to think there's something wrong with you. Like, my friends that have nine-to-fives... I so wish that did it for me. I tried so many times. Where it's like I wish that made me happy. Like nine to five, it'd be cool to have a garden, grow my own vegetables. Yeah, have some downtime. Yeah, every day. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. Watch a TV show regularly. Like sleep the same hours every day. You know, like that <laughs> right, would be great. Um, and I wish that did it for me. Yeah, yeah. But like, it comes down to like a thing that one of my mentors, Kevin, tells talks to me about. It's like the fire in the belly. That's what it's called. And it's mm. just, you just have this fire. Yeah. And, like, you just, you want something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like you you won't settle. Yeah. And it's, it's I don't know. I think it, it leads to. Madness? It, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, yes. but But I think it leads to, like, for me, I feel like all the coolest things that have happened to me from, like, personal to musical to just cool memories and like we're all from times when it was like i have to just take this greyhound bus to pittsburgh and play this show yeah like it was starting from when i was really young you know what i mean and like i kind of feel like i do know the feeling of just being like from you know different jobs i've had and stuff i i know the feeling of just being like well all i'm really doing right now is working at this job and then going to sleep, you know? And yeah. It, I, it sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, I like, it's, and it's, like, it's seductive. Like, yeah. it's so, like, because you get in that routine, your body likes it, like, you just, because humans require a routine. Yeah. And when it's not routine, it's really hard mentally yeah. to focus. It's hard to stay focused. Like, I think that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with the most with the music thing is, like, there you have to create your own structure. Right, right. Which is tough. Yeah. Because I like I'm, I like to do a bunch of things at once, and 
you know, and I and I, I don't mind working long, long hours, but it's tough for me to put a cap on it and be like, uh, I've done eighteen hours every day this week. Maybe, maybe take a day off. You know right, what I mean? right, right. And it's like I'll just be burnt out and not recognize it. Mm. And that's the cool thing that like the nine to five will do is like you know you, you okay you get two days you rest you know what I mean, and then for those eight hours that you're there you you know on it. Yeah. But most of your life is spent doing something you don't want to do, which I, I can't Yeah. Do. All of my friends that don't, that have nine to fives are also like, man, I, I could never do that, man. You got it made, man. Like, that's so awesome. Right. And like, to me, it's like terrifying, but like. Like, that keeps me going, you know what I mean? It's like, I can look back on my life and be, and and, and even just, like, with my son coming, like, I can look at him and, and like, hopefully he grows up seeing me being the person I want to be because I said, fuck it, I want to do this, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I'm doing this because I said I'm going to do this, you know what I mean? And that's what the fuck I want to do. The world, I have to prove that the world is what you make it, that you can, like, if I can't do that, I don't want to be here. If I can't make this what I want it to be, there's no point. Yeah, yeah. That's that's life, man. Like, to me, like, that's what I want, and that's what I want, like, my son to see growing up. It's like, if, whatever the fuck you want to do, if you will that shit, you can do it. You got to have iron fucking constitute or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you want that shit, you can make it happen. And, like, that's that's something I really believe in. That's what my parents raised me with. It's like, if you work hard enough, you can have what you want. Mm. So I don't want to settle. Fuck yeah. settling. Well, I think that about does it. Boom. It's a good, good place <laughs> to leave off. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. That's it. It was a tight conversation. We'll see you next week.